Welcome one and all to Exploraphoria. It's hard to spell, but it's worth the effort. Maybe. Find out on today's episode with Sean Lockney. Sean came from Ireland to China, and his subsequent journeys have been nothing short of astonishing. What's up, Will? All right, Sean. Welcome to Explore For You. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's, uh, let's see. You came to China, and I kind of wanted to know a little bit about whether it met your expectations or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely, um, met some of my expectations as I said to you earlier um, I don't really make that much expectations when I go there and travel to other countries um, you know as in like I don't do much research and I just go there uh, heads head first and see what happens and um, Hangzhou is a very cool city which is sur- and surrounded by other cool cities so you know it Different culture, completely different culture to what we have here in Ireland, which I guess, you know, I kind of needed 24, 25 years uh, living in Ireland and I needed a change. So I'm, I don't regret going to China. I'm kind of happy that I chose something a bit, a bit, I mean, a bit crazy uh, outside my, my comfort zone. And I don't think it gets any more outside your comfort zone than China does. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <clears throat> was there a point at which you thought, like, maybe China is too much of a stretch or I should go somewhere a little more like, I don't know, close to home. No, no. Um, Irish people have a huge history of emigration. Massive. I Mm. mean, in America, of course you have all the famous celebrities that, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy, Shaq O'Neal, you know, Eddie Murphy, all these guys, they all come (laughs) from Irish genetics. Yeah, you can tell, just by looking at them. <laughs> um, but, you know, all Irish people, they all tend to go to America, UK, Australia, Canada, all these places that for a teacher, I don't think we can, that's not where we go. Uh, we usually go, we usually are, are what, um, what am I trying to say here? Our value is more appreciated in a country where the language isn't English. Uh, hmm. And I guess everyone around me was saying, "Oh, China, Sean, are you for real? What are you thinking?" And I'm thinking, "Well, are you for real? I mean, why wouldn't I go to China? Why would you have these? I mean, you've never experienced these things. That really annoyed me when people would say that to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, why would you go to China? Well, you've never been there. How can you say that? It's fine if you've been there. I mean." Right. You know what I mean? That really annoyed me. That's understandable. I mean, to some extent, I think people, they've heard of China. They know a couple things about China, but they, you know, we're talking about like, you might have read like two news stories and heard someone mention China and maybe it was on, on the news a couple times. But like, people really don't know what it's like out here. Even Even when you tell them, they kind of still don't know. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, I think. Uh, did you did you ever feel like um, you know you're explaining uh, 
what your life is like there and people are just sort of like not getting it they're like yeah but like but how like how do you live there how do you eat how do you you know all this stuff um trying to think off the top of my head yeah i guess i kind of get that but then you know after living there for a couple of months people are like oh well you've kind of adapted to that i I can Mm. understand you know we're human beings human beings adapt to whatever environment uh, that we're, we we have to adjust to our environment. I mean, yeah, a lot of people. I think China is a country where you very very quickly have to adjust, and if you don't, you're gonna crash. You have to get used to so many things. It's not even it's not even believable. Him, you can't even write a list on the language and the food and how to mm. travel. Uh, so many fucking things. Like within first two weeks. You kind of have to get a little bit of basics around or your head is going to fucking blow up. Yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it. Like, I mean, when you arrived, you didn't have uh, the smoothest entry, right? There was a couple things that kind of went wrong right, right away, right? Yeah, a few things. Um, <laughs> I had a, um, I had a, an operation on my toe. I tend to get ingrown toenails quite a lot. Um, and the very Chinese kind of way they just said hey listen we'll just take it out forever and I was like okay uh, <laughs> right so financially it's a great idea because it's usually 50 euro a month to get an ingrown toenail um, taken out by um, a chiropodist uh, in Ireland and uh, China were just like well we take this out forever and you never have to you know deal with it again so yeah it was it took quite a while for it to go back to normal uh mm-hmm. and a lot of hospital visits i kept getting infected because i well, i wasn't doing myself any favors i kept going playing football you're not supposed to make it sweat um especially anything with stitches you're not supposed to make it sweat uh, mm-hmm. and i kept doing that and i kept getting inflamed again and the blood wasn't flowing inside it and you know, it wasn't the worst experience of my life, but it was pretty fucking shit. Uh, you know, even to the case where I'd have to go into the classroom with flip flops, and uh, because I couldn't wear socks because that would make it sweat. Right. Right. You know, that kind of. Yeah. Well, I I I hear you on that, man. It's rough. Like when when you can't wear socks and stuff, it just creates all these extra problems. And yeah. Um. So that's like, that's kind of your intro to China. I mean, like within the first month or so, you, you've come, you're adapting to all this stuff. You're, you're figuring out the, the system and how people live there. But you also have this like medical issue. So like, what was it like for you in the hospital? Like, were people pretty friendly and helpful or were they just sort of, you know, going about their business? Uh, no, they were very, very helpful. I'll give that to the, uh, to Roger, who was helping me at the time, very, very patient. I had um, a student nurse who was holding my hand throughout the whole operation. <laughs> she spoke English a little. Um, and then there was three doctors who kept, um, who were who were working on the toe. And I couldn't understand the word that they were saying. But it was quite comforting talking to the nurse. And I was mm. kind of pretending that it wasn't actually happening. And we were just having a conversation. Um the pain didn't kick in until that night where I forgot to take my painkillers and Jesus Christ, that was that was horrendous pain. Oh. But uh, but I mean, yeah, it was uh, 
it was okay. I wouldn't see it as a a really bad experience. I'd say it was just quite a, an interesting experience, really. Mm. So, in terms of the experiences like that you've that you've had in China, like what are what are like the top three? What are the things that you're going to be remembering forever? What am I going to remember forever with China? Um, yeah. It's a good question. Every time about this one. And I would say for me, uh, actually teaching foreign kids is always a pretty cool thing. They're always mm. very excited to be a foreign teacher. Um, and, you know, getting to see their faces every morning and and uh, and have them excited as to what you're going to do next and talk to them. And it's really fun in a way where kids where their language English isn't their first language and they'd stop you in the hallway and they'd have a chat with you. That was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Um second, I guess China was my first country to really have my own freedom, my own independence. Um I feel like twenty five is a good age to really start that. Uh, I felt like I was ready and China was uh as I said already repeat myself, it's getting outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. and I think I'll I'll have gone to China was um have my own independence in a country like China will have me prepared for any country now in the future. Um, and I guess just the, uh, what else, what else, the different types of scenery, I guess, you, you know, the different types of architecture, different types of kind of museums, everything was just uh, different uh, in a good way. Um, you know, di- different isn't always bad. Different is usually good. And, um, you know, the likes of Westlake, the likes of um, the mountains to climb in Hangzhou, Shanghai, really enjoyed all that kind of experience, I have to say, yeah. Yeah, that's something that's, that's like, constantly, it's a great reminder of what it's really like in China. Like, you, you take a train somewhere, or you go to a new city, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's, like, geographically, it's it's different. It, there's different rocks and different trees and different birds, and you you realize it's just this massive, massive place with unbelievable diversity in that sense. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's people all over the world living there, uh, which is always cool. Uh, in Dublin, we have a lot of people internationally, but um, you don't really get to experience that because I'm an Irish person. So I guess it's really nice to be part of the farm pack in a country for, for at least one time. Yeah, yeah. So um, now that you're you're back in Ireland, uh, I kind of want to ask about like the situation there because I know, you know, in in San Francisco people are on lockdown, and in other places it's like not really on lockdown in the U.S. But people are getting sick like by the tens of thousands. You know what I mean? It's like terrifying. Uh, so, yeah. what's the situation like now for you? And um, we're very similar in approach to UK pretty much just Google what the UK do are doing that's pretty much what we do historically we tend to just copy and paste what the UK are doing in anything um, and then I guess yesterday was our record uh, number of cases it was 402 yesterday wow. I think I'm going with three and a half thousand which doesn't seem like a lot to other countries, but people tend to forget Ireland is a very small country. We're just an island, you know? Yeah. Uh, where, you know, we've only 4 million people living here. 
um, which is uh, less than half of what the size of Hangzhou is. And, um, you know, Ireland tend not to be used to these kind of things. Uh, we don't go through natural disasters. We don't usually get um, epidemics or pandemics like this. So mm. we don't really understand what to do. You know, it's really interesting as like, if I was a behavioral psychologist, I'd be studying, like, you know, if I was James Joyce, I'd be writing everything down here. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to see how people are talking and reacting. Um, are they following the rules? For the majority, yes. But like in every country, you know, uh, like Ireland, and, you know, there's people who are breaking the rules. Um, hmm. You know, myself personally, I got tested uh, for a second time 12 days ago. Um, I still haven't got my results back yet. Uh, so that's, there's a big backlog, which is quite frustrating. Because oh, yeah. in Ireland has taken the same approach as South Korea in terms of testing, where they just test, 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 test. Uh, and it seems to be, I don't know, well, we don't know if it's working, but the fact that there's 12, it takes 12 days, uh, could take longer. People who I've been around, family members, friends, they're still going out on their walks and their exercise, not knowing if they're actually infected. And that's mm. going to be very, that's going to have an even bigger long-term effect on the country like people are thinking already oh, the government's doing a good job and people are staying indoors people don't actually stay indoors you know we can still go out and do shopping we can still go exercise we can still go visit family members if they if we're needed um and people who could be carrying this disease if i gave it to them realistically and that could have a really really bad effect um but Overall, I think the government is doing a good job. Actually, interestingly enough, our government just lost the election, and now they have to help the people with the uh, with COVID nineteen. They never actually formed a government before this came about. Uh, so, and this government right now, they they lost by a couple of seats, and so I I think they're going to go for another election, and they're looking because for the first time in a long time, Ireland. Because uh, we were we were probably the poorest country in Europe in 2008. After the recession, we got hit the worst by any other country in the world in terms of the recession. I'd say between us and Greece, it's a tie. And now for us to be only recovering and then have this, it's pretty worrying to be honest. Um, in terms of economic reasons. I know America is completely different. I mean, you guys have so much going for you, but Ireland, unfortunately, don't. Uh, they, we don't have any natural resources. We don't have that much investment abroad. Uh, and for this to happen to us, it's going to have some really bad measures, and I wouldn't want to be living in a country like Ireland in the next year or two. Yeah, I can see I can see what you're saying about that. Yeah, the economic concerns for... For everyone are intense but especially if there's not like a clear roadmap of like you know where can we turn to you know that kind of thing yeah yeah that's really uh, it's a shame i mean i think it's uh it's a really unique time i think like although it it does have some some resemblance to 2008 and that it does it affects everyone i think the difference is that it's like it's affecting people's like li life directly, you know what I mean? It's threatening their health, the health of their families. And just in this time, I think 
you know, it, it makes me appreciate a little bit the fact that I've I've had a little chance to travel and to be other places because I, I guess it just makes me, you know, more appreciative of of what's still working, you know, and but also just uh, looking at the efforts people are making all around the world and and just kind of being amazed by how much people are pulling together in a lot of places. Oh, yeah, agree with you. Um, terms of um yeah you i think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of it's not just economic well-being it's also mental health well-being and mm-hmm. for me i think i think governments all across the world i mean if ireland can do it all governments can do this they should introduce what's called helicopter money and i think the us is doing this uh, and hong kong were the first to introduce this back in february Helicopter money just being that everybody is just going to get, I don't know, $2,000 a month. And there you go. That's your money. Uh, You know, I I think America, has America done this? So the bill, the bill is passed as far as I know. And it'll be, yeah, like uh, $1,200 to like nearly, nearly everyone. I think like 96% of the country is eligible. The only folks that aren't are making over something like over $99,000 a year or something like that. Yeah, like in terms of, if you think about it and break it down, helicopter money is a great idea because people are stressed, not because they're waking up in the morning not knowing what to do with their lives, but they're stressed because they don't have economic, in- they don't have income. They don't know yeah. if, especially in America, where sick pay isn't really a thing in many states. And the problem is people are waking up every morning and they're not knowing if they're going to get money today or tomorrow or the next day. How am I going to get my electricity paid? How am I going to pay the doctor if I'm going to go to the doctor? Blah, 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 right? And if you give people X amount of money a month, their life is so much more happier. If you don't have that, you are not eating right, you're not exercising, your mind is all over the place. You don't treat people around you the way you usually treat them. Everything just takes the complete opposite turn than it does. If you give people this money, there's a security there. That's all people ever want in their life is security. That's a, especially in the times that we're in right now, where the world just got over a recession 10 years ago. I know it seems like a long time ago, but we live in a very capitalist world and people suffer. Wherever there's rich, there's poor, right? Uh, and people mm. are really suffering right now. All you need to do for them to trust you again and Mr. Trump to re-elect you again is to just give them a bit of security. That's all they want. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like uh, the stability that people lose in times like this, you know, if you're uh, a millionaire, you just sit back and you think, well, okay, I guess I won't sell any stock for like five years or I'll sell a little bit to get some cash in hand. But like, you're not really at risk, uh, you know, barring some even more calamitous kind of thing going on. You know, if we ran out of food or production totally stops or, you know, transit shuts down or something like that. But like, you know, the people that that grew up at, like in our generation, I think a lot of them, you know, they they did everything by the book, more or less. They went to school, they, they probably tried or sort of tried, and then they went to university and they did their best there and 
maybe some of them even got an advanced degree and they went out into the workforce. Uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, uh, were just met with like this deafening silence where they were like, well, we don't really need anyone. You know, there aren't jobs, there aren't opportunities. And for them now, they're just starting to get on their feet and, and this happens. So I, I agree with you. I think putting that money into people's hands and just saying like, listen, as a country, we got you, like we're supporting you through this uh, in the ways and the best ways that we can. Yeah, I think I think the way democracy works, especially in America, where you guys just have a two year or two term model, I think the way it usually works. And I look at Obama in terms of the first four years, you just say, right, I'm going to make sure the economy is OK. I'm going to make sure everything's running smoothly. I'm going to make sure people are happy. But unfortunately, guys, you're going to suffer here if I'm making everything, everyone feel happy here. And I think that's what Donald Trump is doing. I think his improvement or his, his overall uh, ratings are pretty good right now. And they always, I mean, America is having its lowest unemployment rate for a long time. Wonder how bad repercussions are going to be for America here and a lot of other governments in terms of you're, you're going to get a lot of governments being, um, you know, like, for example, in Ireland, we're going to get this government probably be elected again. Everyone will be like, oh, you did a great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then, second term, they're going to be like, well, why are you taxing us all these things? And then the government's like, well, do you not remember? We had to give you all this money. Yeah, but right. yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's, you know, Trump doesn't give a fuck because that's his last term. You elected him and he's going to look really good against Biden here. Biden's out of the picture. And just like in Ireland, the, the guy who's actually supposed to be elected as leader right now, he's out of the picture. Nobody gives a shit what he says. They only care about the here and now and who actually matters and who has the power. These guys, I reckon in world politics and elections in the next three to four years, you're going to see a huge trend Every country is just electing new governments all over the place because they've just got taxed to fucking crazy because of this COVID-19 shit. Yeah, that'll be it'll be really interesting to see because I know there's a lot of places where people don't they're not comfortable with the level of taxation as it is, you know, especially in the United States. It's a fairly common sentiment, despite our taxes not really being that high in a global sense, you know, but. But people look at those taxes and they want to know where that money goes. And especially in times like this, you know, on the one hand, you know, maybe the government gets to say, uh, you know, like, yeah, we, we beat the coronavirus. We did better than most countries. We saved a lot of lives. And then other people will be like, yeah, but you weren't really prepared. It's just sort of like you picked up the right strategies at just the right time and in a sense got lucky. Do you feel yeah. like there's any, like maybe that's part of the, the process right yeah totally agree with you totally agree with you um i think yeah i i, I reckon i reckon trump will get another re-election here what do you think yeah i think um you know i i was not surprised really by trump getting elected i mean i wasn't i was kind of hoping it would go the other way but i didn't have any love for hillary clinton and like a lot of people i just thought you know like i don't have a candidate there isn't anyone to represent me. So what does it really matter? And my thinking at the time was Trump will do so badly in so many ways that people will look at the, 
look at this, you know, after four or five years, right? Like, and in hindsight, they'll go, oh man, like we really, we really overshot. We really thought we could make some change with this guy, but actually it just sort of fucked things up. And I think up until very recently, that's mostly been true. Like there've been very few benefits. I think you can chalk up a lot of the economic benefits to policies that happened under Obama and just the natural bounce back after after 2008 and 9. But, yeah. you know, you look at it from a lot of different perspectives now, and I think, like, he fucked up the beginning of the coronavirus thing tremendously, and now he seems to be sort of taking it more seriously. And I think, in some sense, like, do you think there's people who, the last thing that happened, that's pretty much just what they remember, right? If he ends up on a pile of bodies, but he's waving an American flag and saying, we finally got through the through the coronavirus epidemic, people might just see, you know, the patriotism there. Yeah, it's probably perfect timing for him. Let's yeah. let's go along with what the Chinese are saying in that Trump started this pandemic. It's just genius. Oof. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, like, what do you think is the, what is the right response to this on a global level? Because clearly there's some people who are like, okay, guys, listen, it's just a disease. Like, nobody did this on purpose. Uh, and then there's the conspiracy folks who are like, no, someone definitely did this on purpose. Uh, and then there's people who are in the middle who are like, well, there's blame to go around. You know, you can you can share it. So, like, what do you, what do you think? What's, what's the right viewpoint here? Uh, well, the right viewpoint is that China fucking caused it and Wuhan, they fucking caused it. Um, but you can't really blame them because this is their culture. I think people tend to forget about uh, culture has caused this, not states. Culture has wet markets is a fucking culture. And then when you come to Italy, you have people kissing each other on the cheek every day. You have grandparents mm-hmm. coming over every night. I mean, when I lived in Italy, pff, I can't be into explain how often the grandparents come around. That is just, and Spanish are very, very similar in terms of the kisses yeah. on the cheek and being very social with each other. And then, you know, that that has to play a part big time. And then you look yeah. at the Germans who are the complete opposite, complete opposite. And they just haven't been that badly affected by this. They have probably one of the lowest death rates to cases in the world. You right. are right beside it. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they border Italy. Uh, but anyway, um, and then, I mean, you had International Women's Day. I mean, all these are huge factors in culture that mm. that have just that have played such a big factor. Of course, the Chinese in Wuhan, you have to blame them because they are the cause. When we teach this in history in 10, 20 years, we will say that China has caused this. We will yeah. also talk about how Italy and Spain uh, and I mean, overall in Europe, what kind of movements and what kind of uh, actions they took. But I think people will forget about how cultural traditions have caused this in terms of um, America tended not to work as a team. They're usually a whole kind of individual, I only care for myself kind of society. Ireland we and UK are tending to grow up in a generation and uh, the generation that I taught in Dublin, you know, in, in their teens, they were they just being rewarded for everything in life and they're being told yes, 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 and they don't understand the word no. And then when when they're being told to stay at home, they don't actually 
give a fuck what you say. They just be like, oh well, what's gonna happen to me, suckers? You know, uh, I'm gonna just do this because my whole life I've been getting away with shit. Uh, and then, you know, it's and if it doesn't affect them, think about it. Young people don't get affected, and that generation that I'm talking about here, they don't give a fuck that old people are dying. Of course they wouldn't. Their whole life is based around them and being told how great they are. Of course they're not going to give a shit, you know? I just think cultural traditions are kind of waved aside. It's been so long since we talked about the Chinese wet markets, but, I mean, it has caused it in the end. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think the generational kind of... I would would almost call it like a knock-on effect. I think it's... um, it's creating more of a divide in some ways because exactly what you're saying, like who cares if the old people die, we're young and we can go on spring break. And even if we get coronavirus, it won't kill us. And you know, that mentality is hard to, it's hard to shake. I mean, that's what we saw down in Florida, you know? So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You guys had spring break. Yeah. I can't, I mean, anyways, it's, it's, it's been quite an ordeal. And, um, I'm wondering, like, when this is all over, are you thinking, I'll go back out there, I'll find another another chapter to start internationally, or are you thinking of staying more local in Ireland? Um, everybody's a history teacher in Ireland, so I don't think I'll be able to get a job here, permanent job. <laughs> um, it'll tend to be um, maternity leave cover or something like that. I'm just not. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of schools out there and recruiters still working towards August. Um, so, I mean, there's, I don't think to be a, our schools are still hiring right now for August. Um, it's not as much updated as it used to be, of course. Um, but the recruiters are still, um, still working pretty hard. Uh, I haven't heard anything back. They've got a few for Malaysia so far. Um, haven't really dug deep into Malaysia yet. I know it's a huge Muslim culture. Um, alcohol is very expensive, which is terrible for me. And yeah, um, yeah, of course, I think going abroad is, is my thing. Bulgaria, I, I have a summer job for Bulgaria in July already for six weeks. Um, oh, so nice. I'm happy with that. So yeah, the plan is to go away again, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so what's like, what's something that you're hopeful about? I know it's a, it's a kind of a trying time, but like, what's something that you're thinking, maybe it's because of China, maybe China is just a little part of it, but like, you know, it's sort of sparked some new ideas or something like that. In terms of, in terms of what, say that again. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you hopeful about for the future? What am I hopeful for? I'm hopeful that I can fucking celebrate St. Patrick's day again. That's what I'm fucking hopeful for. It's been, yeah. it's been a whole year since we celebrated. It got cancelled on us this year. I just want to go yeah, out and have a fucking good time. I love Dublin, my favourite city in the world. And if you haven't been there, highly, highly recommend it. Dublin is just full of life. So many things to do. So many international people here. Everyone's just constantly happy. and Everyone right now isn't. And Ireland is usually a very positive society. Uh, and so it's kind of a shame right now that we don't live in a very positive um, environment right now. Mm. Yeah, I can see how that'd be challenging. I think, you know, there's a certain default cynicism, I suppose, to to folks in China, and they're very friendly in a 
in like a, a basic outgoing way, but underneath that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to have them let loose and just enjoy life. Yeah, totally agree. They just, they're very conservative people. Mm. So Sean, uh, I know you've got a thing to go to, but I, I really wanted to say, man, your insights on all this stuff. And uh, at some point we'll have to talk more about like your travels and things like that. Yeah. Cause man, you've had such a, such a crazy whirlwind ride considering you're, you're 25. <laughs> yeah. As, 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 I need to write a book at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah. So yeah, it was good talking to you. Yeah. Good talking to you. Mate. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take care. Take care, bud. See ya. Bye-bye. You have been enjoying the dulcet tones of Sean Lockney out of Ireland. Uh, what an amazing journey he's had, right? And uh, always good to hear his perspective on things. Well, tune in next time for another tale from Exploraphoria.